You want to get a better chair? No. Okay. I'm fine. You're going to be uncomfortable. Real professional start to the podcast here. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Um, this is Mark, and joining me in the studio is Chatterbug, Sarah. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. It's fine. Um, so this is kind of an as-per-requested episode. Uh, we're not going to just be talking about Manchester by the Sea, um, but we will be discussing it, because what we're going to do is go through my top ten movies of the year, um, and I won't give away where it is, but it's uh, it's number one. <laughs> uh, so we'll talk about that last. And uh, I had suggested to you, why don't you make uh, a top ten list? But then we decided you probably haven't seen ten movies this year. I haven't seen a whole lot. My problem is I don't like to go on the weekends, and those are the days I have off. So right. I'm screwed. <laughs> but you have seen, I would probably say, half of these. Yeah, I think so. And so you can chime in, and I won't right. try to dominate the conversation too much but uh uh-huh. uh we'll start off with my little other categories um uh i have disappointing movie of the year which was blair witch and um i kind of explained this the other night this list but i'll say that um i love the first movie and the guys that made this movie had also made uh, it's like adam wingard and simon barrett i think and they made the guest and you're next and i think there's a really fun action slash horror movies and uh they did not deliver with this i think it was like two it was exactly the same movie and it wasn't as it didn't have their signature stamp on it so i was let down uh overrated or movie i didn't get that people love because i don't think it's a bad movie but i just didn't get it as i was watching it and that's the witch the uh, new england folktale the subtitle um, I think I need to watch it again just to see, now that I know what I, you know, what it is. It's just this straightforward horror movie, quote-unquote. Uh, it, it's really weird, I don't know. Um, underrated movie, pop star, never stop, never stopping. Uh, yeah. And uh, underrated, you know, by the world and by me, because I don't, I'm really hard on comedies. There's not a single comedy on this list. Um, some of them are funny, but... Um, <clears throat> I did see this. Yeah, and it's, like, so, it being uh, a comedy that I rarely watch anymore, and uh, it actually charming me, so that's why I chose it as my underrated. Yeah. I don't think you liked it as much as Mom and I, but... I liked it, but I don't remember it being that funny to me. I mean, I had a good time watching it, but it's not memorable to be memorable. And I, I also like the music. I thought the music was funny. It's not like... There's two other music-based movies on this on my top ten where I want to just listen to these songs all the time now, and they like make me emotional. Now, these songs mm-hmm. are just stupid Fun. and funny. Yeah, yeah, they were. There were some like funny. Sick Glenda. I I love that song. It's hilarious. Uh, and worst films of the year: Suicide Squad and Sausage <laughs> Party. Um, not much more you could say about those. If you liked either of those movies, I'm sorry, but I, I hated them. <laughs> the Suicide Squad, like, I, I went in expecting to hate, like, I was ready to hate a movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, when when you pay $4 for a matinee at, at uh, Monroeville Mall, you can afford to hate watch a movie. Um, mm-hmm. If I, I wouldn't have paid, like, a $13 regular ticket price to see that. but uh, And then Saucer's Party, uh, weird. we expected to like it. We went as a family, a familial, familial unit, and that was a mistake, yeah. a big old mistake. It was. I mean, I laughed a couple times, but 
it was as I said in my recap, my year recap, you can find that on Mark's Talks Like Your Dad Tumblr dot com. Um I have a, an immature sense of humor, but these jokes were just so not clever and just it's like haha, you know, male genitalia, haha, female genitalia. And then the anti religion stuff was just too on the nose and it made me uncomfortable. Um and the but the only good thing to come out of this movie is realizing how great meatloaf is the song this the songster um so anyways let's get into the honorable mentions uh, you you didn't see either one of these finding dory and birth of a nation two polar opposite films one a heartfelt disney sequel and the other a uh, historical drama about slavery um uh i liked them a lot when i watched them i cried in both movies but uh ultimately they you know aren't going to stick with me forever, but they're very good. Mm -hmm. uh, and the whole Birth of a Nation thing, like I said, I was expecting that to be the Oscar movie. When that trailer dropped and they had that Andre Day song rise up in it, I'm like, here we go, this is the Oscar movie. And then like the actors' uh, personal controversies kind of overshadowed the movie. I didn't hear any of that. Uh, well, I didn't watch the movie. Sorry. Yeah, and, and you didn't hear about the controversies, because I'm a lot more mired into film. You know, I, 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 I peruse the film <laughs> message boards, if you will. I'm not saying that makes me better than you, but it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, and so that was originally my number 10 film, and then I just the saw... Birth of a Nation was originally that was ri 10. Yeah, Birth was originally number 10, and then I saw a movie just the other day that cracked my top 10, and I originally had it at 10, but it moved up. So, um, mm -hmm. number 10 is now Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Now, you saw or didn't see no, this. No, I didn't. Uh, I it's, would like to. It's really good. Uh, it, it, Harry Potter, you know, it, is expanding these days with the play and now this. And my approach to all of it when it was announced was, okay, nothing's going to top those original books and movies. But here is some nice supplemental material. Supplemental material, that is. And, uh... <laughs> and, uh... And it's good. It's what really, you know, I was... Ex that? What's that? What kind of accent is that supposed to be? Material? Uh, it's uh, Charles Barkley. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it, yeah, you can't, it can't stack up to, you know, the Daniel Radcliffe-led mm -hmm. series. Because I, I love him. I think he's great. But... It adds some nice. It adds some nice things to the Harry Potter universe, and I think the the key is the characters are unique and likable. Um, the four main leads, the two guys and the two girls. So uh, and and Colin Farrell's really good. Um, so if you're expecting it to be as good as Harry Potter, it's not. But it's it's still a worthy movie. Uh, number nine is uh, Crapped in America: uh, Civil War. And you did see this. Yeah. Oh. Which blew my mind. I had you... to think for a second, because you said Crafton, and I didn't know yeah. what you were talking about. And yeah. it blows my I mind guess. that of all yeah. the very, uh, not of all the movies, of all the little amount of movies you went to the theater mm -hmm. to see, you went to see Captain America Civil War. Listen, I love Bucky, the Winter Soldier, so yeah, that's why I went to see it. Cause I love and it's movie. a really good movie. In my um, Tumblr post, I said, it's a master class of feel-good popcornery. And it is. Uh, I think it's the best Avengers movie that we've gotten. And mm -hmm. uh, it kind of cements the Captain trilogy as being the premier MCU movie 
series. Mm-hmm. I think it's way better than the Iron Man movies. Uh, fight me on that. I won't fight you because I don't like Iron Man that yeah. much. No, every, it, like there are some people <laughs> who say that Iron Man one is the premier Marvel movie that's ever been made. It's very good. Are any of the other Marvel guys in it though? In Iron Man? Yeah. Like no, because that was the second one they ever made. Hulk. See, I like it when they're all together. Right, you know? and, that, and that's what makes this movie so good is that it it's got Cap and it's got Iron Man, and it's got it's got a lot of people in it. The, well, Thor's wait, maybe no, Thor's not, not in Thor, Captain America, but pretty much everybody. I'm else. getting it mixed up with the other Avengers movies because I watched those recently. Yeah. And like I said, I think this is even better than those. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so that kind of tops off the these two are like good movies, but they aren't like. They're not going to stick with me for a long... I mean, I, I, I really like them, and I'm going to probably own them someday, but um, the the top eight now are ones that, like, m- moved me. And, they could like, all be number... Didn't you say that they yeah, could all be number and, one? And, and I think number eight maybe couldn't be number one, but mm. it blew me away how good it was, and it was one of these things where I kept hearing about it. you got to go see this, or you got to see this. It's on Netflix. Watch it, watch it. It's such a joyous, fun movie. Number, so number eight is Sing Street. Um, it is uh, the same guy who did the movie Once, the little Irish musical there. Uh, this, I think, is a lot better than Once. Once is fine, but mm-hmm. this, to me, I, I could rewatch this like three times, you know, today. Mm-hmm. Um, it It is in a celebration of 80s music. It, it and, and what gets me, too, and why I like it more than Once, is likable kid characters and these aren't kids they're teens but still i just love when movies have realistic and likable like kids you know mm-hmm. and uh, the music is great the original music is great i like i love the songs that they wrote for the movie for the band to play and i just think uh yeah i think it lives up to the hype and more so there's sing street uh seven uh ten uh, number seven 10 Cloverfield Lane, and you did see this. Yes, I did. And you liked it. I liked it, yeah. It was. It kept me guessing. It was very different, yeah. and I don't think it was, like, cheap and, you know, like a right. lot of horror kind of movies are. Mm-hmm. I think it was well well made. Yeah, and John Goodman was the key there. Mm-hmm. He's so good in that role, and he makes you, like you said, wonder. And we're going to give away key plot points of, the, of the, all these movies. Oh, yes. Spoiler uh, yeah. alert. If you, hadn't, if you haven't seen these movies by now, I mean, some of them you might not have, because a few of them came out, like, last month. But anyways, we are going to give away plot points. Um, oh, yeah. So if you, yeah. Yeah. If you're listening to this. Take that for granted. And you haven't seen some Anytime we talk about movies on a podcast, you can, I think, assume that we're going to spoil these movies. So Tank Lover Lane, you're like, is he right? Is he a good guy? Is he crazy? And the answer is yes to all of them. Well, not necessarily he's a good guy, but is he right or is he crazy or is he this or is he that? And it's like, yes, he's, he's right. He's right and he's and crazy. He's crazy. <laughs> you don't um, want to go out there, but you don't want to stay in yeah. here. <laughs> um, and it's I think bad. that the other, because there's only three actors in it, really, mm-hmm. uh, the, the other two actors are really good. Um, yeah, I liked that guy a lot. Yeah, John Gallagher Jr. and Marilee Elizabeth Winstead. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think she's great. Yeah. She's underused. Um Number six. I'm starting to see her in more stuff. Well, maybe in things that I like, you know. She was on this show I watched, I can't remember, like The Returned or something like that. Hmm. But 
Anyhow. Uh, all right. So number six is Loving, and this is the first of two uh, Jeff Nichols movies on this list. This is the. Um, it's based on the true story of the civil rights case, Loving versus Virginia, I believe, that made it um, whatever like unconstitutional to prohibit uh, uh, interracial marriage. And uh, Joel Edgerton and Ruth Naga uh, are the two leads, and they're great. And he's, like, unbelievable. I think this is the best Joel Edgerton's ever been. That's saying a lot, because he's great in everything. He's great in everything. And he's, he's great in, a, in a, another movie on this list. And uh, he's just... You can't look away from him. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I wish that both of those actors would get, uh, you know, at least nominations in these award seasons. And um, it, it, it's I think it's the, the, the least... Uh, it's the movie that, what am I trying to say? Of all the Jeff Nichols movies, it's the least Jeff Nicholsiest because he's he has to follow this true story, so he can't have his, you know, kind of signature plot beats. But it it feels like a Jeff Nichols movie because it takes its time. It you know it's very kind of slow and plotting, if you will, because he wants the characters in the moments to have time to breathe. Mm -hmm. And there are some moments in that movie that really pay off with that so i really want to see that i think yeah, it looks good it's good i think i recognize the girl the woman actress in. i've never seen her before she was really good though I uh have to look her up on imdb number five is the other jeff nichols movie and that is midnight special and that one you did see mm -hmm. and that's another one where joel edgerton is great and michael yeah. shannon who has a very small role in loving is great oh, adam really? driver uh and kirsten dunst i think like the first time we I've seen her in years, and I'm like, yeah. I really liked her in this. She did a good job. Um, she looks a lot older. Yeah, but honestly, dude, her in that, like, kind of, you know, cowboy, like, sweaters and the jeans and the in the braids was really, hair. yeah, it was really doing it for me. It was kind of like the, it was like cult. Wear. Yeah, she looked like, 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 <laughs> She's a, she, she came from the ranch, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, she like looked. I, I liked it. I, I, a lot of people have mentioned like, "Oh, Kirsten Dunst is getting old." I'm like, "Well, she is getting older, but I think she's still attractive to me." Uh, yeah. But yeah, Midnight Special is great. It's a sci-fi movie, but it's again one where the characters have and scenes have time to breathe, and there's not a lot of like stereotypical sci-fi moments. Yeah, and, and stuff. they don't really explain a lot, yeah. but it's it's not like. It's easy to follow, but you don't really know a lot about the world in which they live, yeah. other than, and you don't really know quite the backstory. Of yeah, you don't like. know it's, like how did they get to the ranch? Who yeah. you know, who decided to leave first? Type of thing, and like this kid's powers, like what are the extent of it? It's more just like okay, so he can do that now, and that's and it's uh, lending to telling this great story about these people. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love that movie. Yeah, Adam Driver was good in that. I liked him yeah, in that. Yeah, he was good. Um, so that's that. Number four, uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Now, like I said, uh, probably some of these movies that are below it are, are like better made movies, if you will. And that's nothing against Rogue One. I think it was made well. But uh, that's, th there's, like, my heart kind of led that to being in the upper, upper half of this Um I was really excited for this movie. I thought it was going to be great. And then I saw it for the first time and I thought, okay, this is really, really good. It's not great, but it's really, really good. And then I saw it a second time and then I thought, no, I think this is 
this is truly great. Because there was a few things in the movie that I, I had paused when I watched it the first time, like the CGI Grand Moff Tarkin and a few lines of dialogue, and I was like, eh. Um, but then the movie as a whole just kind of like makes you not care as much about that. And the care, mm -hmm. again, like with... Uh, uh, like with Fantastic Beasts, the characters, because this is an all-new cast of characters mm -hmm. for a Star Wars movie, except for Darth Vader and, and Tarkin and what have you. And the movie makes you care about them in whatever you know little amount of development they get. Mm -hmm. They're developed to the point where you care when, spoiler alert, each one of these characters is killed off. And, and in a realistic manner, not like... Well, then they're all trapped in a room with Darth Vader, and he kills them all. That does happen, but not to our heroes, to just a, a group of rebels, mm -hmm. which is one of the coolest things you'll ever see in a Star Wars movie. But it's in the process of a war and a battle, basically. These characters are kill and killed off, and then, uh, well, I won't say how, you know, each each die in case you ever see it, but um, they even kill off our two leads, uh, Felicity Jones what? and Diego Luna. But sheesh. I told you everybody died just five seconds ago. I know. It's um, all right. I and they, were, they should have died, anybody who, who's angry at that, because what are they going to show up in? Uh, they're going to make another special edition of A New Hope and insert them in? No. Well, how, like, um, how much time before New Hope is it supposed to be? Like, years, months, uh, you know? Days. Days. I oh, mean, really? okay. because the end of the movie is, like, leading up to the to the very first scene of A New Hope. I mean, it takes place seconds. Uh, not seconds, but very, very soon. Wow. A new, it's like Rogue One, Rogue One, Space, A New Hope. I mean, it's, yeah, <laughs> it leads right up into it. Number three, <clears throat> Arrival. This is Denis Villeneuve, uh, <laughs> who also made uh, other things. And um, I think it was one where I was kind of coerced into seeing it. I saw this round, and I'm like, okay, that looks all right. I'm, I'll see it if I can. Mm -hmm. But it kind of got word of mouth and buzzy. And, you know, uh, somebody I work with said, no, you, you should see this. It's really good. And it is. And it's the third best movie I saw this year. Um and that's saying a lot because I I don't know if I had like super high expectations, but it's uh, it's Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, and the basic the premise is these uh, big spaceships arrive and um, they bring her and Jeremy Renner on board to kind of try to communicate with these things and find out what they want, and that's the premise of the movie. And if that sounds boring, then don't watch the movie. And if you don't like, again, really long just kind of scenes of things happening, and like when they first board the ship, it, it's kind of a long sequence, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, you're, you're like taking every step with them, but then each time they go in afterwards, it's like, boom, they're there, boom, they're there, but they want you to kind of feel that first moment of t getting on the ship with them, and it's pretty, pretty impactful, and, uh, Emotionally, it hits hard. This movie hits hard emotionally. I don't want to say anything about those emotional beats because it would ruin the effect. The effect, and I, I didn't. I didn't guess. I, cu I couldn't guess anything about it. Um, it kind of blindsided me. The quote unquote twist. It's not a twist, but um, but yeah, Arrival's great. I want to. I do want to see that. Yeah, it's a shame that you can't. You, you probably won't be able to see it on on the big screen because it's it's a beautiful. It looks amazing. Yeah. The, the design of this movie, I think, will probably 
win awards or get nominated. Uh, number two, uh, La La Land. And this is when you did see We All Saw yes. Together. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Excuse me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I wish I could edit that out. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, we all thought this was going to be good when we went in to see it. Mm -hmm. And like we said after it was over, the first two songs I thought I wasn't that into the movie. Because, and I think what I realize now is because I had to get used to the combination of this old-school Hollywood musical ideal where we just break out into song whenever, mm -hmm. and the fact that we all have iPhones and SUVs and what have you. And that just, it, it, it didn't really click with me until, like, the third number, right? Yeah. The third musical number. And so now, I think, I really like those first two songs because they're the kind of basis of other songs and they kind of get put into other songs, uh, Another Day of Sun and, and Someone in the Crowd. And mm -hmm. I, I, I really like those songs now, and I think on, upon second viewing, I can enjoy it from the jump, you know? Yeah. Well, the first song is like a, a big ensemble yep. cast of singing, and and uh, Emma Stone and, and Ryan Gosling are not in that song. Right. And then the second one is another ensemble cast of people singing All Those Girls, right? Yeah. Her, her roommates. So... Yeah, it takes a couple minutes to get into it. And then after that, it's more like just the two leads singing together yeah. for the most part. I think those two songs are kind of... Um, <clears throat> world, they establish the world you're in. Like, yeah. especially that first song. It's like, you know, there are all these cars on an overpass and they all break out in a song and dance. And that's the kind of world this movie lives in. And, yeah. and it sets that song up to be, like I said, incorporated into the movie later on. And... Uh, it's, it looks incredible. The, all mm -hmm. the songs and the score is just magical. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it wouldn't have worked without two actors like Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. I mean, it might have... If you gotten two other great people, it might have been as good. But I don't think... Or, or almost as good. But mm -hmm. I think these were the perfect two people to be in this movie. Um, yeah. Like I said earlier, uh, uh, Emma Watson and Miles Teller were originally going to be the characters, and I wouldn't have liked that. I don't I think don't I even would have gotten to see it. She would have been comfortable with it. No. She's, it's just not her thing. To She's too wooden, I think. She can't yeah. seem naturalistic, and Emma Stone is. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think she'll do a good job in Beauty and the Beast, hmm. because it's more formal, if yeah. you will. Yeah, I guess. And not modern. Right. But... Uh, and off the cuff, kind of like spontaneous, but yeah. but she uh, she wouldn't work well in this movie. And Miles Teller, I don't know if he can sing or whatever. And and I'm sure he's a good actor. And I've been told to watch Whiplash because this you know same guy made it. Can't yeah, say his name a right movie. now. Um, uh, but he just seems so uh, smug <laughs> and arrogant. And I've well, like it's not just me. Other people feel the same way that I've talked to, and I've read that. People he works with in movies don't like him. Oh, either. really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like that's kind of a character he plays often, but I did like him in The Spectacular Now. I will say that. All right, let's stop talking about Miles Taylor. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to say about La La Land? Uh, oh, that, the okay. ending is just a gut punch. Uh, I think the epilogue is just a master class of, of filmmaking. Don't go into it too much. I thought we were going to give well, away movies. I know, but people who are listening to this haven't seen it yet, and they want to go see it. All right. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's really good. I mean, I didn't have, like, 
low expectations, but I didn't I didn't have too many expectations going into it. Um, because I don't necessarily love musicals that much. Mm-hmm. So well, I I do, but I sometimes I don't. I don't know. It's just if the music is good. But I felt it. It, I was, like it's, it. it rises above that. I think because it's it it's it also involves like acting. Cause the story is as good musicals. as the music. Yeah. Yeah. That's when musicals have to be. The yeah. story is as interesting as the music, and so right. like, you know, uh, uh, like Phantom of the Opera. It's an interesting story. Mm-hmm. But I think the music is the best part of that, music, and then yeah. uh, Les Mis, interesting story, and then the music is just as good type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think in this case, I mean, it's it's a musical movie. It's not a movie based off a musical, but I could still probably say it's the best musical movie I've it's, ever seen. It's very visually pleasing to the eye. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, two very good-looking people, and the dancing is really well done, and the sets and everything, it's really nice. And it's interesting, because, I mean, there's two musical movies, musicals, on my list, but mm-hmm. they they couldn't be more different, because La La Land is a old-school thing where, like I said, you just break out in a song, and that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And then in Sing Street, there's a bunch of music, and they sing a lot of songs, but it's because it's a movie about kids forming a band mm-hmm. so they don't break out in the song randomly they just sing when they're practicing or making a music yeah. video and that kind of leads into the number one movie because there's a little bit of that in the first movie too what do you mean the oh band. kids practicing a yeah. band. all right <laughs> so girl. number one and we're not spoiling manchester then or are we spoiling it um, i mean we're talking about key plot points well a few. the people who have well i don't think tess has seen it the people who are going to listen to this Alright, uh, I'll, I'll dance around uh, key plot points. Uh, Manchester by the Sea is the best movie I saw this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and simply because... Because I didn't feel the same way about this walking uh, walking out of Manchester that I walked out of, like, La La Land or Rogue One or after watching Sing Street where I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm on the ceiling, man. Um, I was kind of numb. I didn't, like, I was kind almost kind of like disappointed in a way because I wanted everything to turn out okay in the end to be mm-hmm. vague and mm-hmm. it and it didn't really I mean there was there was some pos- very small positives and some you know some things didn't work out the way you'd hoped mm-hmm. but um that's I think that makes it a better movie I think it because ch- yeah. it challenges you to to just deal with that because yeah. that's what life does and Casey Affleck is unbelievable in this movie Mm -hmm. every moment and there are some key moments where like i said when they in the oscar night when they say and also nominated casey affleck they're going to show one of these two scenes and one of them is the police station scene where he's talking to the the confession quote unquote and then the thing Mm -hmm. that happens after that Mm -hmm. or the scene where he's talking to his nephew and you know kind of breaks the news quote unquote those two Mm -hmm. scenes uh to me, are are the 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 Oscar bait ones, but his entire performance is outstanding to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's very underrated. He's very underrated. Yeah, he's a character actor for sure. Right. I mean, he every movie he's in, you can't keep you can't take your eyes off every movie that I've seen him in yeah. for the most part. Can't take your eyes off of him. He really is like in touch with melancholy very mm-hmm. well uh do you think he's better in this or in uh jesse james 
That's a very good question because I almost think he's better in the assassination of Jesse James. Yeah, because I, I think he there's a bigger range of emotions he has to portray. Yes, and it, it's hard to portray a character like that who's who has this emphatic obsession with another person and it and like you know he like you said it's a broader range of and, things he has to portray and to still make that character sympathetic because right. i'm not saying that i'm not saying his character in manchester which is well i forget what his name was uh lee 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 that uh, is a sympathetic guy chandler chandler you're sympathetic to him but he can also be kind of abrasive and mm-hmm. then robert ford is you feel bad for him you, so you hate awkward. him yeah. you are you know scared for him you laugh <laughs> at him. him yeah you laugh <laughs> at him you laugh with him i mean yeah. he's there's a lot of things going on so yeah, yeah. he I, I, to me and i've said this before manchester came out i think uh casey affleck as robert ford is my favorite performance in a movie ever so mm-hmm. it, it's got to be hard to top that and if anybody's going to top it it's going to be him i <laughs> he's mean to top himself <laughs> w- uh, Movie like I haven't seen him in that much things. Casey Affleck, yeah. uh, Manchester, um, uh, Jesse James, and then Gone Baby Gone are the three big ones to me. And I've only right. seen Gone Baby Gone once. It's on my shelf at work. I gotta buy it. Yeah, that's and I think in that movie he there's other characters that are you know gave great performances like that. So he doesn't stand out quite as much like Amy Adams yeah. and and it's so and Ryan and Ryan he's so naturalistic in that. That you almost, he almost like disappears. It's like it's not Casey Affleck. It's just this random, random Boston guy. guy. Or, you know, not yeah. Boston. Yeah, Boston. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Boston for sure. Yeah, um, Amy. Amy Ryan does a real strong accent. Yeah. And, um, Denzel or not Denzel. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. I would have liked it better if it was Denzel. Um, no, I'm just. Uh, I don't like well, Morgan Freeman anymore. Uh, but anyways, Morgan Freeman, he he's in a lot of stuff. I don't want to. I don't want to talk bad about Morgan Freeman. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, Manchester by the Sea. Uh, another thing I want to mention about it is, and something that need, that took me some time to get used to it, and I don't know if that took you some time, where it's like, things just happen. You know, scenes happen, things happen in those scenes, and then they go to the next scene. It mm-hmm. is so un-Hollywood and so uncinematic. even. It's like you're watching day-to-day events that were mm-hmm. filmed. Mm-hmm. And I'm I, and I'm saying that's a good thing. I'm not yeah. you know, the uncinematic sounds like a pejorative term, but I just mean that it's so ultra realistic and natural that you know, it's like, um, and things don't happen like they do in, in a scripted film. Mm-hmm. Like everything works out for our hero in a scripted film. Sure. That you know. But this just this is like life, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're not gonna have these big grand moments in life. You're gonna have mm-hmm. these really awkward and sad and not quite satisfactory moments in yeah. life, and that's what you have in this movie. You're just yeah. like, Oh, I wish that had gone another way. Oh, I would blah, blah. and and so that's what makes this the best movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Is how much like, you know, real life it is and how it, it kind of forces you to see it as you know, it forces you to accept the way it is. Just like kind of, you have to accept the way things happen in life. It's not going to work out for you all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, and it's realistic in the fact that in other Hollywood, in Hollywood type movies, there's this one crazy emotional meltdown scene where yeah. a lot of times a lot of people 
watch it, you know, or like there's a lot of people seeing the character have this breakdown. It's very loud, boisterous. Mm-hmm. In this movie, there's like little there's spurts little of emotional. And then, like, after outbreaks. that breakdown, like, everything's on. okay. There's no repercussions. Yeah, you move it's, on, everything's okay. Like, and I don't want to talk bad about this movie because I like it a lot, but Silver mm-hmm. Linings Playbook feels like that movie where. You know, each character, uh, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, have their big freak-out moment, mm-hmm. and then they meet each other and fall in love, and then they're fine. They don't have mm-hmm. their manic-depressive moments anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I kind of joked about that when the movie came out. I said, and before I ever even saw it, I said, is the message of SL Playbook that um, all handsome, attractive people... <laughs> uh, no, all handsome, mentally challenged, or mentally... Uh, with mental disorders are going to be okay and everything works out great for them because they're handsome. Because, yeah, that's kind of how that movie turns out. But, again, I still like it. I like I've it never thought of it that way. Um, I like that movie, though. But it just seems like he, like, she has her freak-out sesh in the street and then mm-hmm. he loses it in the house and then his, mm-hmm. and then it, does he, like, hits his dad or mom accidentally or something? Not accidentally, on purpose. Oh, he, who does he, he hit? His, his dad? I think he hits his. I don't remember. His, Dude, or his dad might hit him. I don't uh, know. Something happens. Yeah, something yeah. like physical. Or the mom. Dude, I think he might hit the mom. Speaking of that movie, do, uh, that scene where he his where De Niro comes up and he's like, "Look, I just, I just want to watch football with you." He just oh my gosh! That's that, oh, that scene is unbelievable. That's fabulous, De Niro. Wow. That's one he's, of great De Niro's yeah. greatest recent roles for sure. Oh, absolutely! I mean, it's, it's uh, really dirty well grandpa or SL playbook. <laughs> yeah. He is like the intern. Like, I think like, mom liked that. You, you come downstairs, you watch football. That's what we do on Sundays. And I'm like, man, that's just so. It was their great father son relationship, oh, and the mom heartbreaking. What, yeah, she says, oh, "This doesn't have to do with acting, but that." The crabby, crabby snacks and homemade. <laughs> yeah, uh. <laughs> it's so funny. Anyhow. Back but yeah, um, but yeah, Manchester by the Sea. The one thing I will say about the movie is um, I didn't love the music in it. I actually really enjoyed it. But you can say why. You yeah, didn't. I mean it's just like, and maybe you know I had mentioned oh it should have been more like stark, melancholy guitar. I think that a score similar to the Vicious Kind score maybe would have been to me more fitting but then again maybe it would have been more t- it would have been too on the nose um to have a I don't sco- really remember what the vicious kinds um, soundtrack sounded like jeez well, um okay uh, I know that one radical face this song got, this I just got, this got really I weird. think it huh it's got really uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable now. No, uh, Radical Face is in it. He sings a few, like, he does a few other, like, interstitial songs. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of, like, melancholy guitar, acoustic guitar-based stuff. That's what's in okay. Vicious Kind. And it could it could be a little too on the nose, I guess, for a movie like uh, Manchester by the Sea. I liked the contrast of, like, this very operatic, dramatic music yeah. played against this stark, you know... Landscape and yeah. the the ocean and and the emotion of what's happening and I thought I I personally enjoyed it. Hmm. I, I feel I'll like they, they played that again. music over like a lot of times when they would show scenes on the ocean. I don't mm-hmm. know why. And like I think the, um, there was a song, uh, a kind of um, song like that, real dramatic, like either while he's doing the. Uh, in the police station scene, mm-hmm. either when he's mm-hmm. talking or the scene that happens afterwards, and I think 
I think that's yeah, it is because mom noticed that and turned to me to say something. It's like man, because mom thought the music was a little heavy handed, and right at that yeah, moment, well, that that big moment happens. Yeah, and I, and I, again, I'm not going to say what it is because when you watch this movie and it comes up, it's you're just like wow, I can't yeah. believe it. You know, um, and there's and we another big it. moment, and there's like very dramatic music playing over it, and so you don't hear the people talk; you just see the reactions of the of the lead. Can you give me a hint? Uh, like. Is it close to the end or it's, the beginning? It's the two brothers standing together, and the one brother is breaking down because of something that happened. Okay. Lee is breaking down. And, like, and there's another thing yeah. that... Yeah, they're in the driveway? Yeah, and they're he's just dri- kind of, like, he doesn't know what to do. He's, like, handing, and then putting, he has a grocery bag in his yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah, And then, like, um... Is that when he's moving <laughs> out of his brother's house to go... No, he stayed... this is like right after the bad thing happened. Right. Oh yes, 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 yes. And then, uh, yes, yes. and they're pulling, and then the that's during thing... the confession. Oh, what happened? What? I don't know. Hold on. I think, I think it was you... just our headphones. I, I think you moved. Yeah, I did that. I did that. Um, I think that's still gonna. No, I just felt like leaning back. I think that's still during the police confession scene or whatever because it it shows flashbacks. Of okay. That, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, and uh, another interesting thing. The stretcher when they're putting it into the ambulance and they couldn't get the stretcher into Gosh, the ambulance. That was so awkward. It was uh, wasn't planned. The oh, really? actors couldn't do it, but they decided to keep it in. And I think it, it was really, really fit uncomfortable. Well. Yeah, because wasn't I think it fit well. wasn't he trying to like sort of comfort her yeah, and she, she was pushing well, she him away. Was, yeah, I mean she was just distraught. waving him and off. She, yeah, I think I mean, she, at that point she that's really another thing. I'm like, and they kept trying and they couldn't get it. So it was, yeah, that makes yeah. perfect sense that that was. <laughs> a fluke and they, a goof and they left in the movie I mean for one thing I mean Leonardo DiCaprio got blood all over his hands yeah. in Django no I'm just kidding go ahead <laughs> yeah that's a great scene we could talk about that no we don't but I'm <laughs> done with Django Django sucks now that's not no, true I'm kidding I'm kidding uh-huh. I am a little bit like <laughs> I, I, those movies are less for me now because they're Tarantino movies but I mean they're still great well, movies and Glorious and Django Anyhow, well, I love those movies, but any well, I don't love Inglorious. It's, it was oh, good. It's better it was than okay. Django. It was all right. I like Christoph Waltz, but anyhow, um, I think it works because these are these are EMTs who they've probably been up all night. Uh, they're they're tired. They're they're stressed and they're kind of traumatized from what they've just witnessed. Yeah. And or they could be like new on the job, so I just think it works well that they can't get this, yeah. you know. And and because life. not everything okay. works the first time. Yeah. Like a dra- that drawer there always pulls out, and I keep thinking I got to <laughs> freaking super glue it because it's too I, all the stuff in there is too heavy, so I keep having to screw around with it. So yeah, not everything That's works life. the first time, right? Yeah. Um, and, it, and like you said, it just added to the awkwardness because he's trying to, oh, and he doesn't so, even get in the ambulance. I thought he was going to get in the ambulance. Yeah. And he doesn't. Does he kind of like try to hug her for a second? Yeah. And it's just oh like, yeah. It's like. What do you do with your hands? Oh, it's, it's yeah, I forgot awkward. all about that. Um, it just adds to the scene. And so another well. thing to mention that you reminded me of is Kyle Chandler, mm-hmm. who plays the brother, because, mm-hmm. you know, and this isn't a spoiler, he dies at the beginning of the movie, but there's a ton of flashbacks to, to their relationship stuff. And man, Kyle Chandler's great in this. He's great. That yeah, scene in the hospital really where they're telling him he's sick is oh. really uncomfortable because Kyle yeah. Chandler's wife is oh, like not having it. Yeah. And stuff, and you kind of understand why she's upset, but also it's like, shut There's up. There's so many emotions going on. Like, clearly like, Lee can't stand her. He hates her. She hates Kyle's him. trying to be the pacifier. He's the mediator, and they're kind of <laughs> trying to make light of it because this is so heavy. But yeah. she's like, are you seriously joking right now? And then yeah. when she does that, all they're just like, oh, shut. You know, and they're swearing <laughs> at each other. It's And then they won't. 
somebody can't say the doctor's name right. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, the dad can't say the doctor's and name. And he's like, what They're is like, it again? Dad, it's <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Bethany or something. Yeah, man, I, I tell you what. Uh, I, I, this the, Us talking about it makes me want to see it again. Yeah, I really want to see um, it again, too. So, uh, I, and again, I probably am going to own all ten of these movies at some point. Hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I just like to own movies. I like to show my support <laughs> and be able to see them again whenever yeah. I want. Even though I never watch these movies down here. I watch them sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I borrowed um, some movies from Now, them. Super 8 is something I just bought in the last month or two uh-huh. that I want to watch again. Because I think that's kind of the first wave of, like, good kid acting mm-hmm. of the modern times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not quite on the level of, like, Stranger Things or, or, or things like that. Mm-hmm. Of the the likable kids, but I think it's the vanguard. It's like the it's like man, these kids are good and they're good actors, and we like these kids, you know. So super. Yeah, I remember that being good. And yeah. Kyle Chandler's in that. Kyle I think. Chandler's in it. Uh, young Al Fanning, and none of the other boys I think ever did became, anything else. Yeah, they never got like to be household names, hmm. but they were good. Speaking of kid actors, the child actor that is in Midnight Special is going to be in. It is that right, Jaden Lieber. Jaden Lieber here, I think is how you pronounce it. So I think he's he's not quite on the rocket ship to the moon like Bailey Bobby Brown and Finn Wolfhard is, who's also going to be in it. Mm -hmm. But I think he is really. I think he's on the same level as them as as far as acting. Another thing we haven't even mentioned yet is the young man from um, Manchester by the Sea. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought he was funny. I laughed at a lot of things he said, even though they were kind of inappropriate. Yeah. Mom had a hard time with <laughs> she him. Like him. She didn't like him at all. But I just like I chalked it. This is how I explained it to her. I said, number one, this kid's kind of a punk to begin with, but he's seventeen, sixteen, seventeen. So that's the way most teenagers are. And then he's just been through a traumatic event. So that's kind of going to heighten everything about him. Him being a punk, his weaknesses. You know, all of those things are ratcheted up. Mm-hmm. So he shows these moments of just being this devil may care kind of a d-bag but he also shows these really tender moments and i think that those tender moments um explain and also kind of make you laugh at the moments when he's kind of being a jerk Mm -hmm. um because i think he's doing it from a place of love especially when he's blowing back at or he's pushing back on lee because Mm -hmm. a lot of times he's being rude to him like well, how comes you can't move here? You don't have a life. You're just a custodian. That's because he wants to be around his uncle. He's saying yeah. that because he'll be sad if if he can't stay with him. Yeah, and he's I trying think, to kind I of think, yeah. I think so. I think yeah, and like like that first time when he stays over, he like he comes into his room. He's like, hey, can I do this? Can I have these people yeah, over? He, and then he gives like, him a asks hug. Him all this permission. Yeah. yeah, and he gives him this yeah. hug, and he's like, good night, Uncle Lee. He's like, yeah. like. To me, that's that speaks to how he His character. Yeah, and and that's when he when he's mean to him later, or when he's making these jokes. Like I I look back at that and I'm like, there, there's love between these two. They yeah, they butt heads they constantly. They butt heads constantly. Lee's mean yeah. to him. He's yeah. mean to Lee. They're but both. It's from a place of love. I they're think. snippy with each other, and 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 you know they they push push right. back when they, the other one says something they you know yeah. that's just how they they are yeah it's their it's their you know how they raise the 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 city living and, and the other thing is um they that was um started the kind of mutual love and respect 
really early on when he was a kid and they were fishing and the shark, mm-hmm. you know, nonsense and the, um, um, like in the, the driveway scene when he, you know, he's putting all the boxes in his car and Kyle Chandler says, Hey, I can't remember the kid's name. Anyway, Patrick. He, says, Patrick. he says, Hey Patrick, come out and say goodbye to your uncle Lee. Mm-hmm. And he runs out and he's, it's very awkward cause Lee's like horribly distraught and depressed and yeah. won't show any emotion. Um, but he, it's obvious the kid is not coming out of there out of obligation because he has to say goodbye to Uncle Lee. Like, he genuinely cares for his Uncle Lee, but he's scared. He's not scared, but he's kind of nervous around him because he knows what he's going through. Mm-hmm. I love that scene when he comes out and, and, and yeah. he's like, goodbye, Uncle Lee. And he's just like, yeah, take care. And then he just rolls away. Like I, so, yeah. the that kind of stuff... Um, is why I, I, I like their relationship, even though they are they're at loggerheads a lot. Speaking of loggerheads, yeah. Kenneth Lonergan, which sounds like loggerheads, <laughs> is the uh, director, <laughs> director and, he, and writer, and he apparently he does a lot of plays too. And he is his cameo, which the one of the scenes I love is <laughs> yeah. when he, they're fighting, and he goes, "Yeah, good parenting." And yeah. uh, Casey Affleck just loses it on him, which is great. What a jerk that guy! I mean, it's just that's. I mean, it's yeah. It's, it's, it's like the. It, it's like, sure. mind room, it's like a mind room. It's like a mind business there's thing. Ex, there's bad words being said, but the kid is 17 years right. old. He says bad words all the time. If it's not, if uh, he was like laying hands on him, and sure. the guy wanted to step in, sure. But here's the thing: he wasn't trying to defend the kid. He was just being a yeah, douchebag. Yeah, he was if just, he was trying, yeah. to, he would have been like, "Look, dude, you need to yeah. calm down. Let's stop." You know, yeah, he just like, wanted to get his comment he, he in and walk was being away. A sarcastic sob. Yeah, he was just yeah walking past and wanted to get a get a good line in and not yeah. say, "Hey, man, calm down." You know, he wasn't trying to defuse it. He yet. wasn't trying to yeah defuse the but situation. But what I love about it is that kid. it gave Casey Affleck reason to lose it on this guy, which is always great. And I think, I think the same man is in the, another scene later on in the bar, and he gets into a fight with that man. The same dude. I think it's the same guy. Huh. The same because. I mean, that guy's very distinctive. You know, he's hmm. got crazy hair, and yeah. crazy facial hair and stuff. I don't know. I have to see it again. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Patrick, I thought, when we first meet him, he's um, ho- playing hockey, and he seems really aggressive on the hockey rink. So I thought, oh, no, this guy's going to be a total jerk. He's not going to have anything to do with his uncle. He's going to, I thought, like, he was, when he find out found out what happened, he was going to, like, take it out on his uncle, like, yeah. get really mad at him, which mm-hmm. he doesn't do. No. And like you said, he's kind of treats him as a father figure already when he asks his permission for stuff. And, mm-hmm. I mean, most 17-year-old boys or 16-year-old boys wouldn't do that. You know? Right. you know, I love the way this movie unveils layers because, like, at the beginning of the movie, Casey Affleck is kind of morose. And you're like, what's his problem? His brother's even dead yet. Well, he's he, had problems. Yeah. You know, and horrible things happen in early in life. I'm wondering. I'm like, well, what's going on with the ex-wife? And then, and then you find out. Well, no, I guess I can't go into it. Well, yeah, but the the tragedies. And so then, yeah. uh, and then the the thing at the hockey rink where um, his two buddies, which I love, like they're not in it very much, but I love that he has the support system of these two guys. Yeah. And like, and then when they're comforting him later, and they're just mm-hmm. talking about Star Trek, just like <laughs> normal kids. And then the girl, yeah. the girlfriend's like, "Why are we talking about Star Trek right now?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, just talk about Star Trek. Just talk about normal stuff." Because she you, was all trying to be like, "He's How are you super doing? protective, are you okay?" And right. Just trying. But to at the moment, he needs them. to have normal conversations with his friends. Yeah. So I love that they were just like shooting the breeze about Star Trek. But anyways, 
they say to the coach, or I think they say to the coach, it's like, hey, you know that story's BS, right, about his uncle. And I'm like, oh, what's yeah. the story? And then yeah. you find out the story later, and you just kind of put piece together what people are talking about. And obviously, she's talking about to the town, because she said later, like, I said horrible things about you. I should burn in hell for that. You so know, she probably, I mean, she, and she, yeah, yeah. People probably have this in their mind that he did this. That's is all his fault, and purpose. he's a negligent, either... I mean, he's he a horrible arsonist, or he's this negligent fool. And you can you can assume that if you want to anyways, but I think she added f- fuel to that fire, to pardon the pun. You know, so... Yeah, um, um, yeah it's interesting. It, yeah, it unveils things through flashbacks. That's what I was ultimately getting at, is yeah. how great and important the flashbacks were. Yeah. That they yeah. didn't tell the movie literally, you know, showing everything first... They showed you Kyle Chandler dies, and then we piece together all the things throughout the movie with flashbacks. So yeah, cause, well, it's the people in the town they don't know all they don't know the true story, or, or they, you know, they they just have this like image in their mind of what what kind of a person he is or was, and they feel like he maybe still is that person. Mm-hmm. But like when that woman at the marina when he wanted a job there, and she's oh, like, I don't like, want him ever coming back in here. I'm like, yeah. The heck? <laughs> I, kept, I kept thinking, like, what is your problem? Because I don't remember if that was before or after the the full I think explanation. It was after. Okay. Because and then it, you kind of go, okay, so but, you see why she feels that way, even though she's wrong to feel yeah. that way. It's still this, you know, if that's if that's all she knows, that side mm-hmm. of the story. Mm-hmm. And, and and like I said, I don't think Michelle Williams is going around saying this guy's a murderer, <laughs> but yeah. I think it's her saying. He's just a piece of human garbage, and this is all mm-hmm. his fault, and you mm-hmm. should hate him for this. Because he think was, that's, I, I mean, think, he was, like, just... It was negligent what he did. Life. He was drinking a lot. He yeah. was, he was like, working and then and drinking. And it's like, he it seemed like he cared about his family, but he was just really selfish. Right, and, and what time. he did on that night was negligent, but like the cops said, negligence doesn't equal criminal all the time. So, right. so it was a mistake. I mean, yeah. it's not like he int- and yeah, I mean, right. you can't charge him for something right. like that. And again, we're getting dangerously close <laughs> to giving away things, but and you can kind of piece together kind of what oh, happens what? from Tess has seen this. What am I saying? Tess all with you. She went to see it with me so we can His kids burned to death in a fire. <laughs> Ah, I feel so good to I say that. I think the only people that are going to listen are Mom, Tess, and Justin Everett. Yeah. They've all seen it. What up, what up, what up, what up? Um, oh! What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's the second time you've um, done it. <laughs> Your fault. Anyhow, yeah. But so yeah, so, that's the so it's not her going around the town and saying, Casey Affleck started a fire to I don't think she talked about it to other people personally at all. I think people just deducted what they got from the story. But I think you can assume that she when talking about it with friends and townspeople was putting all the blame on him because later I when they meet in the, no, no, no. Feel as if no 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 sorry. later when they meet in the street mm-hmm. she says I said all these horrible things about you and I'm sorry and then she, later she says I should burn in hell for the things I said to you sure but but also I think it's safe to assume that after this event if not you know a ta- she wasn't like a town crier saying Lee's it's all Lee's fault she, My, go sorry, ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. I, I think she was just 
to herself, to her family members See, or whatever, saying that this, it's his fault. Here's my thing. He should carry the brunt of this, and he did. Did she say about you or to you? Did she go around? Because I feel as if she was hard She said on things him, to him, but, but, but <clears throat> what I'm saying is you can deduce from the fact that everybody in the town thinks he's a bad guy and the fact that she said she said horrible things to him that she certainly didn't... Okay, then I'll say this. She and this doesn't matter ultimately, but she certainly yeah, yeah. didn't take. She certainly didn't take measures to make him feel better about it. Like, hey, look, this is a horrible thing that happened. I wish it hadn't happened, but you can't carry this blame for the rest of your life. She didn't say that to him. No, and well, so that leads to I think me personally thinking that 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 leads to the general opinion of him in, in Manchester by the Sea being a negative one. Yeah. I rest my case! Here's my thing. I feel as if she she put the blame on him, but also she was trying to take it off herself because mm -hmm. I think she they blamed, she probably blamed herself too for some mm -hmm. of it. And I personally, if something like that happened to me, I wouldn't want to go talk to anybody about it. Especially right after, or like, I just would internalize it. Yeah. Which is what he did. You know, for sure. Now, she didn't... I don't think she internalized it like he did as much. But I just feel like I can't see her going around and talking even to her family. Maybe to her family, but not even. Like, if something like that happens, you don't want to just right. go around and okay. talk about so it. So, she, she didn't spread things about him. But what I said earlier, I think, is true. That the fact that she didn't try to... Um, comfort him and assuage him led to this general attitude, at least. And I mean, people, I'm sure people heard the details that she was still asleep. Right. And that he it was, was him out and he started going to get the more fire, beer, another beer didn't run, put the screen on the didn't fire. put the screen up. And, and he even thought, I mean, like when he was on the way to the grocery store, he said, brutal. he thought, did I put the screen on the fire? I don't know. And he's like, maybe I should I go I back. Did. He's like, maybe I should go back. Nah, I'm not going to go back. It's Ugh. just, man, alive. Cause he, so well done. And I, I remember hearing, um, I listened to a podcast called The Slash Filmcast, and a guy, he's a new uh, father, and so, like, movies like this, and then, like, uh, the movie Arrival kind of mm -hmm. hit him in, in more ways than it could somebody without kids, mm -hmm. um, and he's like, you always have that sense as a as a, a human being that, did I shut the garage door, did I turn the oven off, mm -hmm. but when you have a small child, that sense is heightened. And mm -hmm. you always freak out about it, and you're never going to not think about it. And sure. so, yeah, that whole, that, the having that in that scene where he's like, did I do, should I go back? No, nah, I'm not going to go back. You know, that's just, whew, that's just so brutal. It's, yeah. And, okay, so can we, can we mention, the <laughs> so, and this is why he did that. And, and what I mean is when he takes the gun and tries to kill himself in the police station. is Because he's, he, he unravels this whole story to the, to the, to the police, and he's expecting to get the cuffs on him and get taken away because in his mind he killed people, and they're like, "Okay, well, if we have any more questions, we'll talk to you." And he's like, "You're not what? And you're not going to take me in or something like yeah. that?" And they're like, "Look, like you said, like I said, negligence isn't criminal in this case. You made a mistake, but that you didn't commit a crime. And but in his mind, he did, and he has to be punished. And so the so he's like, well." This is the biggest punishment. He tries to kill himself. And then when they stop him from doing that, and I'm assuming put him on suicide watch for a while so he can't mm -hmm. do it again, his whole rest of his life, 
he's punishing himself. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why he doesn't want to get close to his nephew because he feels like he's going to feel love and good feelings for his family again. And he feels like it's too much. He doesn't deserve he that. He doesn't deserve it, and he can't handle it. His and, can't handle it. And he doesn't want it. He doesn't want to even be like come friends with his ex-wife again because he feels like he shouldn't deserve to feel that. And he doesn't want to flirt with girls at the bar because he feels like he shouldn't des- deserve love mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And so he's punishing himself and punishing himself constantly. Mm-hmm. And at the at the very end. When he's like, I'm not going to move back here. He's like, I'm going to have an apartment. You can visit me when you want, but I'm still going to be in Boston. And he says, I just can't beat it. And, he's, and, he, and he can't, and he, he just can't get over it quite yet. Mm-hmm. But, the, 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 like I said, the little positives is he's going to look for a one-bedroom so his, so his nephew can have a place to stay over. You know, and he's and they're going fishing again, and at the, that very last scene, and so he's these small baby steps to being maybe n- never quite a hundred percent back to normal, like going back to Manchester and being friends with Michelle Williams. Maybe he can never do that, but he can take these small steps mm-hmm. in the right direction. And I think that there is a small bit of positivity at the end of the movie because I remember at the end of the movie. When mom and I saw it, she's like, oh, this is just so depressing and horrible and everything's <laughs> awful. And I'm like, yeah, but don't forget about these little things. You know? Yeah. Well, her thing was, like, she just did not like Patrick at all. And I think yeah. she doesn't think Patrick's ever going to visit him. I, I, I believe absolutely that, they're going to visit. But, well, I feel like Patrick kind of shot him down a little bit. That was, that, was a goof, that was a goof thing. He's like, I'm not going to college. And he's like, well, I'll have room for my shit then. But, but yeah, I guess that was. I think that was back and forth. That was um, really. Yeah, that was playful. And I'm not saying he's going to go every weekend, but I'm saying that he, they, I think they want to spend time together, and that's Mm -hmm. what that last scene of them fishing in the present time was. Now was it? Now I'm trying to remember. They fished together when. The last scene of the movie. Flashback to the last scene of the movie is both grown up men. Well, you know. Of fishing on the okay. back of that boat. All right, I have to rewatch this because I don't remember yeah, that part. Yeah, I think that's I the last scene in the movie. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, for Patrick, well, he has his mother, who's a whack job. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, his uncle is basically like the, the family he has left. That's the other so. thing that endeared me to him. To Patrick? <clears throat> to Patrick. Was that, because we still haven't talked about, his mother reaches out to him. She's married to Matthew Broderick now, mm-hmm. who's like this really... Like you know, conservative Christian. It's terrible. They you know terrible de- depiction of what a yeah. Christian. Yeah. Well, is. I think what it is, and what a depiction is, is <clears throat> this guy. You know, Matthew Broderick's like the stereotypical, you know, suburban Christian that wears like a freaking sweater vest to lunch, and she is using religion as a crutch uh, to get over her, you know, past, past and sadness and, and, and stuff. stuff. And, yeah. and and she's an al- she's a recovering alcoholic, even though you can assume that she went to get a drink, and that's why Broderick went after. Mm. But what endeared me to how polite he was in that scene, Patrick, and then he didn't immediately just start bad-mouthing them to Lee. He right. mentioned how awkward it was, and how he's like, yeah, yeah that was un- uncomfortable. Um, but he didn't say, oh, I hate them, and I never want to be around them again. Because, like, he genuinely wanted to connect uh, with his mom before you know, with the emails and then he just realized oh, this is this is really awkward but he didn't yeah. you know yeah so and that's then, another thing that endeared and me and then Lee says well well I don't sound that bad and then he's like oh so you're trying to push me off yeah. on them you don't want to take care <laughs> yeah. of me <laughs> yeah you don't want to be my guardian 
It's not a shack. <laughs> I can't shut up. It's not a shack. <laughs> I was waiting to do that. Well, for a while. I, w- I watched a video of, like when Casey Affleck appeared on some show. I don't even remember which one it was, but um, he talked about how at first he didn't want to do the Boston accent for the movie. He he um, talked to the director and asked if maybe he didn't have to. Because not everybody from Boston has that strong of an accent. You know, that's yeah. just, you know, like, just like not everybody from Pittsburgh has a strong Pittsburgh right. accent. But, so, and he thinks he's not that good at it. And he just was like, why don't we just not do it in this movie? And they're like, no, nah, we got to do it. Well, his accent wasn't, like, ridiculously strong. I mean, you, yeah, it came sure. through sometimes. But yeah. I think... Um, it wasn't like Ben Affleck in the town or right. something. Right. <laughs> like, young Patrick and teenage Patrick, I think, had the most Boston-sounding accents. Mm-hmm. And then the most I've ever heard him in Boston was Gone Baby Gone. Like, he went for it hard in Gone yeah. Baby Gone, from yeah. what I remember. Everybody in that movie was, you know, act, 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 this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, I think... Uh, I don't know how long we've been going, because I'm using my <laughs> broken iPad to record this, and so I can't oh. see it. Uh, i got to get that thing fixed. Uh, but uh oh another thing <laughs> just like fell, fell asleep <laughs> um what was i gonna say oh yeah well continuing with patrick's mother and and just the fact that the they could have just not said anything and just let it go at that like the not any more communication i think it was worse that Matthew brought her oh, yeah. and said, I think from now on, you need to communicate with yeah. me before you talk to your Oof. mother. I'm like, really? I'm like, All right, so that's the straw, and we're not we're not going to try to rekindle this relationship again. <laughs> Man, that terrible. was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if, the, I wonder if she, the mother knew he sent that email or what, or if she just was like, okay, I'm not talking. I can't do it anymore. I can't handle it. And yeah. And he and he just decided, oh, I'm gonna. Or if, she, I mean, that's just like a sucker punch. That's the worst possible yeah. thing. You can't talk to your mother. You have to come through me, some random dude. You don't yeah, because he feels like he's like her owner slash protector, and you know he's like, well, I don't. Know. Yeah, that was that was. That's just um, crazy. Is there any other movies that you saw this year that you you <laughs> wanted to, you know, say a little thing? Well, about? earlier I was looking up a movie because I couldn't remember if it came out this year or last year. It came out last year, which was. The Scorch Trials, so we can't talk about it. because We wouldn't have talked about that anyways. <laughs> well, I like it. <laughs> yeah, and that came out like a year and a half ago. <laughs> came out in 2015. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't think there are any other movies. Hmm. Um, I really, I really, you know, I really wanted to see Nocturnal Animals, and I still do, because I love Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, and there's yeah, so. a few movies that came out in, near the end of 2016 that I still want to see, like uh, Moana... Oh, excuse me. Fences. Oh, yeah. Fences. I've heard that's good. I think, yeah, I think Justin Everett saw it and, and really me. liked it. So, that, that looks really good, for sure. Um, and Because, like, at the end of that blog post, I listed these movies that I, I had yet to see in 2016, and, like, I don't think I'm going to see all, all of them. Um, it says... Uh, okay, so I hadn't seen Manchester by that time. Manchester by the Sea, Moana, Man Down, which is that Shia LaBeouf like post-apocalyptic oh, war I movie. Oh, I see that. I uh, mean, it's Sh- uh, I love yeah, Shia LaBeouf. It's, I think that's one we're going to have to end up renting someday. La La Land, Rogue One, A Monster Calls, which is actually a... Uh, came out like this year, 2017. I'm still going to see that. Fences, Hidden Figures, which I think I can skip. No offense to anyone. And uh, Live by Night, the Ben Mass- Affleck. 
Maybe. Hidden figures is the, the NASA women movie. NASA thing. Mm, yeah. I mean, look, that's very important, and I and I, you know, appreciate that that happened in history. But I don't know if I need to see the movie about it, especially because Bazinga is in it. That guy from Big Bang Theory. Yeah, Bazinga. Yeah. That's his name. <laughs> that's his name. Jim Parsons. Um, I remember because <laughs> I mean, me and mom go to see movies a lot, and they showed that trailer a lot, <laughs> and every time. Every time he showed up on screen, I would lean over to mom and go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wait, gosh. in what? What? Uh, hidden figures. He, Jim Parsons is like you know a squirrely white dude. Oh, I thought you who's scared of oh, you you know, black the, women. You saw the trailer for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. they showed that trailer a lot. Well, here, here, okay, I'll I'll just run through these movies and you tell me if you've seen any of these other ones. The Witch, Midnight Special, Ten Cloverfield Lane, Batman vs Superman. They're watching. You watched the end of They're Watching with Me. Uh, yeah, it was that found footage, uh, like, home improvement show, and then it got really kind of dumb in the last ten minutes where the she's actually a witch, and she starts shooting people oh. with her laser eyes. But the first, like, the first 90% of that movie I really liked. Yeah, um, oh, the end was awful. Yeah, that was Just really silly. Terrible. She was, like, cutting people in half with her laser eyes. It was so um, cheesy. Yeah, the effects were not good. Uh, <laughs> Captain America, the nice guys, you didn't see that, No. No, oh, The Conjuring wanted, 2. I kind of want to see that. The Conjuring oh, 2 we yeah. saw together. That was, a yeah. good, that was a worthy sequel. Here, here, This is what I said about it. This movie had a lot to live up f- to for me. I think the first film was one of the best modern horror movies. Mm-hmm. This one does its best to bring some good scares, demon nun anyone, and tender familial moments, like Patrick uh, Wilson's smaltzy but charming performance of Can't Help Falling in Love. Hmm. It ultimately can't quite match the quality of the first film, but it certainly isn't a disappointment by any means. Uh, Finding Dory, Ghost Blusters. Did you see that? No. Uh, Suicide Squad, Sausage Party, Kubo and the Two Strangs, Blair Witch, Miss Peregrine, mm. Birth of the Nation, The Accountant, you saw. No. Uh, Doctor Strange, Arrival, Fantastic Beasts, and Loving. I saw a lot of movies this year. Yeah, um, Not The Conjuring 2, The Nun scene. You weren't even looking at the screen during that scene. Well, I was kind <laughs> I was of peeking, I was peeking yeah. away a couple well, times. Where... <laughs> Were we the only people in the theater at that uh, moment? I don't think so. Oh, I thought we were, because I thought I remember, like, describing it out loud to you. Oh, I don't know about that. Because you, you know, you, you usually I probably your eyes. my hands in front of my eyes. <laughs> and I was describing it. I was like, she's coming out now. I kind of remember that now. Maybe we were alone. <laughs> I think we were. Um, yeah. You always get more scared in horror movies than I do. Well, You can't yeah. watch the screen. But yeah, dude, that was crazy. This, I love the screen movies. Screen. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, that last bit in um, The Visit, the bed, the bedroom scene, oh, but yeah. I didn't watch oh, well, any of that. I don't know. If All I needed to do was again. hear that scene, and I was like, <laughs> you know, soiling my trousers. Yeah. Oh, gosh. She was just just making these animal noises in the hand on the bed. She's like, she's under the bed and her hand starts flopping around on top of the bed. I'm crying right now. I've never seen a movie more terrifying than that. Listen, people going crazy, especially, I know this is terrible, but like older people losing their minds, like not just having like Alzheimer's and forgetting things, but like straight up. Cuckoo. They have mental Yeah, these people are mentally. They are unstable. They believe in a play. What was that? Wow, that, that, I can't believe she's picking the the microphone is picking that up. Okay. But um, but yeah, these are people. Oh, is who, he talking to? She's she talking, talking to dad. dad? Uh, these people she's who believe weird. in a 
a place called like Simmer Fatalia, and that if you put dead kids in a suitcase, they're gonna go there. Like these people are cuckoo for cocoa pops. They were in an actually mental hospital, yeah. not like an old and, home, like a mental hospital. And the conceit that these kids think that these are their grandparents. And yeah. they're trying to harm them. There's nothing more scary than that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not sorry. saying and like the stringy long hair. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't. Do and that. I know some people have bad relationships with their parents and their <laughs> grandparents, and they're not always there for them. We've had we have great relationship with our parents and grandparents. Yeah. And so, to to me, that there's nothing scarier than this person who's supposed to be your ultimate protector actually being a nutter who wants to kill you. I mean, that's right. just horrifying. Yeah, and I get, for some reason the man didn't scare me that much. I don't know what it is. Well, but, yeah. like, women, o- scare older me ladies, cra- crazy old ladies are scarier than yeah. crazy older men. Yeah, um, but I don't know I, what it is. Like, the their visit. voices can just—I don't know. The, the man just didn't seem that scary. I mean, yeah. he was like super strong. And, yeah, like, he was intimidating. Violent, but in like that one scene where he they decided to play the board game and he kind of prances in. He's like, "Let's make it." A memorable night. I mean, that was a little, a little creepy, little. But creepy. like you know, her going, yeah, oh, get out of here, dude! <laughs> I can't even. And then like she's running around me. nude, and she's oh, like jumping she, up and screaming right in the camera. And the camera with the knife. I mean, and she's underneath oh, she the freaking house. He's oh, like, I want to get you! I want to get you! Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, tears. Come. All right, let's stop talking about the visit. I get, uh, I cry when I get scared. <laughs> let's stop talking about the visit. Uh, it's ridiculous, but yeah. Uh, good good year for movies. Not a good year for all movies. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, these tentpole movies like Suicide Squad. Made a ton of money. People hated it. I think Justin Everett liked it. <laughs> Seriously, sure, Jared? No. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I know. I can't get over Jared Letter. I know people who like that movie. Um, and it's <laughs> like, if that's your thing, fine. Like, to me, there are much better versions of the Suicide Squad. And that is... Guardians of the Galaxy, because it's kind of a band of misfits getting together to help save the world, mm-hmm. which is what Suicide Squad is. And then mm-hmm. Rogue One, which is a actually likable band of misfits <laughs> getting together to do this thing. And it's Some not exactly... into the Star Wars universe. Justin Everett's not a big Star Wars person. No, nobody's perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. But, uh... What was I going to say? Oh, no, continue with what you were I saying. Have no, I have no... I want to just end this. We need to end this. One more thing. 2017 I'm a, upcoming movies I'm oh, yeah, let's for do that. Beauty and the Beast um, so freaking excited every time I watch a trailer I get so excited and I cry not scared tears, but <laughs> tears I'm gonna go to the IMDB coming soon I'm also I also wanna see Split I know you don't but it's Ridiculous. M. Night Shyamalan James McAvoy listen okay James so Live by Night uh, is actually coming out mid-January uh, Silence I'm probably gonna see just to see I it I want to see that it's I do. two hours and 41 minutes I think it's going to be good. Live by Night, I want to see. Um, Maybe. Split, you want to see, I don't care. Yeah. The Founder, I would be kind of interested in seeing. That's the McDonald's Michael Keaton movie. Oh, that looked interesting. Um, yeah. It doesn't sound like it would be, but the trailer was interesting. Dog's Purpose. I think I might see that with Mom. <laughs> yeah, it kind of looks kind of cool. Do you have any interest in seeing the new Ring movie? Like, The Ring with Samara? Um, I, I, I don't really care know at all. there was going to be one. Yeah. Uh, no. I, no. I'll show you the trailer after we're done here, and you okay. can see if you can decide. Because this, the one trailer is like the girl narrating, and so it's kind of creepy. Um, uh, creepy girl voice. Yeah, Fifty Shades Darker. I want to see. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the Lego <laughs> Batman movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped funny. for that. Do you care about the Great Wall with Matt Damon? Because I don't. I gotta say that looks dumb, and I love Matt Damon, but yeah. that looks I'm not going to see that. Why How about A Cure for Wellness? Uh, that's the Dane DeHaan like sci-fi movie. 
Yes, I'm very intrigued. Yeah. It looks very odd, it but I'm interested. It definitely looks interesting. It's two and a half hours. Mm. Well, uh, well, I don't know why I'm like shouting out, uh, <laughs> Logan, I'm going to see that. That's probably the first of the Wolverine movies I'll ever see, because it looks like kind of like a Last is of it Us young? Is it young Wolverine or something? Oh, no, it's old Wolverine. He's a, he's like an old grizzled Wolverine. He has to take care of this young girl. I don't know. I think who, it, who it, plays it, him? Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Oh, okay. He means he look he can look old. Well, I guess. Um, and uh, like I said, I don't I don't typically like X Men, and I've never really seen him except for like the first X Men movie. But this one reminds me of that video game, The Last of Us. So I'm going to go see it. I think I've only seen the first X Men. I would like to see all those, but did you see like? X-Men from, like, years and years ago, or did you yeah. see X-Men First Class? No, like, years and years ago. Okay. I want to see First Class. I want to see... Because I saw First Class, which is good. Yeah. And then I want to see, like, the, the following ones. Days of Future Past, and then Apocalypse. Was there one in between there? I don't know. But apparently Apocalypse isn't good. Uh, Kong Skull Island, I think that looks fun. Uh, I don't know if I saw the trailer for that, but I'm... Kong Skull Island, Did yeah. I see it? Hiddleston... Uh, Sam Jackson, John Goodman, John C. Riley, Brie Larson. Maybe I did. Yeah. If Sorry John, to list if the female at the end. Tom Brie Larson's the star. Thank you. Well, Tom Hiddleston. Hello. <laughs> Who's more beautiful? I don't know. Life. I'm a little worried about that one. That's the Jake Gyllenhaal alien ripoff. Um, I want. I think I want to see that. Though. I'll probably see it just to see Jake it. Gyllenhaal. But I think it's just going to be an alien ripoff. Boss Baby. There, day one. That's the Alec Baldwin um, animated movie where he plays a boss baby. <laughs> You're actually going to go see that. Oh, yeah. I think the trailer looks hilarious. I don't think I saw the trailer. Hilarious. No, we showed it to you. You, you weren't as into it. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I must not have been. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, of course. That looks funny. I don't know about that King Arthur movie. I showed you the trailer a long time ago. I really like the trailer. I think they did a good job on the trailer. And it's uh, the guy Charlie Ritchie. Hunnam. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Jude Law. Alien yeah. Covenant. I think what I'm going to do is watch all of the alien movies, like Alien, Aliens, Scorny Weaver, blah blah blah, and then leading up to Wait, Prometheus. Is in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Prometheus, which I did see, which was a huge bummer. Um, but that's but then there then this is Alien Covenant. Um, looks like a straight up like horror sci-fi movie, like a lot of horror elements, okay. and it's um, you got the girl from Fantastic Beasts in it. And it also has James Franco, Guy Pierce, and hmm. Danny McBride, which oh, I noticed in the trailer. Uh, I think it looks pretty good. Apparently, like big time Alien fans aren't that pumped for it, but whatever. it's weird. James Franco and Danny McBride—that's—I know it's going to be so a like... hilarious romp. <laughs> uh, Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Men Tell No Tales. I'll see it. Yeah, I need um, to see the last, the one that came out before that. You don't really, because it's a standalone, and it wasn't that good. Mm, yeah, uh, okay. Wonder Woman, I'll probably see just to see it. Um, are you going to go through what? You, what month are you in of release? Are you getting bored? I love. No, this. I'm, wa- I'm, I'm waiting. I'm in June. I'm in June. Uh, Halloween movie. <laughs> oh, m- maybe I skipped it. Halloween: The no, Night Evil Died. I'm going to see it just to see a horror movie. There's also a an Amityville reboot, but it's got Bella Thorne in it, oh, and that girl please. is trash. Literal human trash. It's just going to be like teenage fodder. <laughs> yeah. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming, War for the Planet of the Apes. Mm, that's going to be interesting. Oh, that's going to be dope. Uh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. That's um, what I'm waiting yeah. for. I just watched a trailer the other day. You can uh, almost see it from here. Dunkirk. I oh, know. He's like... Kenneth Branagh Where, is where are we going? He's like, where are we going? Dunkirk. He doesn't well, sound I'm, Irish. I'm, Even though I think he is Irish. No, I'm not talking about Brana. Brana's not in that scene where they oh. where they take Killy Murphy on the boat. No, he looks like he's oh. like a deserter kind of. 
And he's okay. like, hey, where are we going? He's like, Dunkirk. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> okay. I, I, like, I, I, like, I love Irish accents now because of Sing Street. Kenneth, yeah, Irish. Oh, yeah, Murphy has the best. I mean, Irish accents are the best of like Scottish and British and Welsh or whatever. But um, you want to paint a music video for my band? That's terrible. Um, Kenneth uh, Branagh, I think, is Ireland. Is from Ireland. Is Ireland? Uh, but he doesn't have a British. He doesn't have a strong, typical Irish sounding accent. But I love Kenneth Branagh. Here's the title of the him. movie: Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets, and it's got Dane DeHaan in it. It looks like a re- ridiculous like sci-fi doofus fest oh well who else is in it um ethan hawk john goodman cara hmm. delavigne who made the unfortunate jump from modeling to acting uh the dark tower which i think is i've a, heard of that girl she's yeah, kind of lame uh taylor swift's best friend uh the dark tower it's a stephen king adaptation i think what i'm going to do is watch this and then if i love it i'll probably try to read those books because there's a whole bunch of them um it's got matt mcconaughey and idris elba in it Hmm. Um, Annabelle 2, what up? Um, no, I'm just kidding. It! 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 Oh, that's uh, coming out. September 8th, It. Uh, I'm excited <laughs> for that. What? The way you say it. It! 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 it. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for that. So, but, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, uh, Blade Because <laughs> what I'm going to say has nothing to do with movies. It's... TV I'm asking about Blade Runner 2049 I'm going to have to re- I'm gonna, I'm going to have to watch Blade Runner to get ready for this cuz it's got Denz or Harrison Ford returning and it's got Ryan Gosling in it. Hmm. Oh, it's got Jared Leto in it. Mm. Oh, it's got Jared Leto. Oh, it's got Jared Leto. Jared Leto is so hey dumb. Man. But um, the the teaser looks cool and like Ryan Gosling's the coolest. Yeah, um, I kind of want to see Nice Guys because Jared Leto. I don't because <laughs> Gosling. Yeah, their relationship is cool, but that movie's kind of forgettable. Um, Friday the Thirteenth. Man, they're rebooting everything. I'll probably see that. It seems like they make Amityville Horror and Friday the Thirteenth every two years. Uh, in, uh there's another Insidious coming out. There's another Saw coming out. Oh, gosh. Uh, the Untitled Cloverfield anthology. That sounds cool. Huh. Um, Thor, Ragnarok, what up, what up, what up, what up? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a movie called Red Sparrow. Uh, it's got Jennifer Lawrence, Joel Edgerton in it. It huh. sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. A sexy Russian spy, oh no, falls for a CIA officer and becomes a double agent. Wait, Each. and it's... And which, it's which one's wow. the Russian spy? Jennifer Lawrence or Joel Edgerton? I think usually they describe women as sexy most Dom- of the time. Dominika Egorova, so wait for J-Law to pull out a half-assed uh, Russian accent. Ugh. Mm. Justice League, I'll go see it. I think it'll be good, though, because Joel Edgerton's good. Um, I'd be interested to see them having a relationship. Star Wars Episode Eight, of course. Uh, J- mm. Jumanji? Oh, yeah, I knew they were doing that. Wait, who's in it? Uh, Dwayne The Rock, oh, um, sh- Kevin Hart, oh. Karen Gillan, and Jack Black. For, so, okay, I like that, Jack Black, but that's a pass. kill me. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, you could make a good movie out of that. And then you know? uh, the last, uh, but certainly least, Pitch Perfect three. Oh, uh, I like the Pitch Perfect movies. Is it gonna have that guy uh, Adam Devine or something? Divine? I don't know. I mean, what else is he doing, right? But he's not in the cast. Oh, shit, uh, oh he's funny. Here's a movie called Down Downsizing, a comedy drama by Alexander Payne. Where do I know that name from? Sounds familiar. Oh, he did Nebraska, The Descendants, 
uh, Paris Jetame and Sideways. Oh, and about Schmidt. Jetame. Jetame. Jetame! Uh, <laughs> that means I love you. Jetame! <laughs> uh, it's got Matt Damon, Kristen Wiig, Christoph Waltz, Jason oh. Sudeikis, Alec Baldwin, and Neil Patrick Harris, Margot Martindale, hmm. and that's it. I, I, that's, that's a good cast. A social that's satire a in which a guy realizes he would have a better life if we were to shrink himself. Okay, so Matt, so that's the Matt Damon, he's going to shrink himself. Alright, well, you know, it sounds weird, but it's a good cast. <laughs> I thought maybe it was like, if he sells all his possessions and like, <laughs> no, buys a tiny house. Yeah. <laughs> but Wait, no, literally downsizing. Who was the, Kristen Wiig was the second person you yeah. said. Okay. She's fine, she's good. Yeah, at I like Kristen Wiig, I do. Um, so. Here we go. Uh, One more question. Oh gosh. And we were talking about It, and it reminded me of Stranger Things. Is that coming out soon? Oh, the Stranger Things season? Fall 2? I, I don't know. I mean, they just announced, like, casting, like, months ago. I I, I think it's probably going to be, like, a summer-fall thing, right? Oh, uh, really? I don't know. Some girl at work, uh, a lady at work I was talking to, says she thought it was coming out next month. What? I don't know. What, nah, that would be all over the place, dude. Release. The second season yet... Consisting of nine episodes, will be released sometime in 2017. I'm telling you, the once they was, oh. once they announce a, an actual day, you won't be able to get away from that news. So there you have it. That's our 2016 wrap up with a focus on Manchester by the Sea. Um, but look at the look at the uh, cover art of Boys Don't Cry. I love that. It's one of my favorite right, right over here. That's one of my favorite album arts. It's just like kind that of. It's really random. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, it, the cured, it just says can fans can expect a release date in summer. I'll leave you with this. I love The Cure, but they didn't have a truly great album until The Head on the Door. And then they went from that to Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me in Disintegration, which to me, Disintegration is like an all-timer kind of album uh, with songs like Plain Song, Love Song, Pictures of You, uh, stuff like that, you know. Um, well, should we make a separate music podcast? No. <laughs> music podcasts are bad for this lo-fi thing that we're doing because I'd love to have like a huge setup with a soundboard that you can actually feed the music into and play it, you know, studio quality through your headphones instead of like holding it up to a, you know, like a microphone. That'd be killer. I'd love to do a music podcast, but I don't have, you know, thousands of dollars of recording equipment or hundreds of dollars of recording equipment. So there you have it. Um, hopefully we'll do more of these in the nude year. Maybe if, like every time we see a, a like a kind of a landmark movie, we can do a kind of an in-depth review of it. Mm. Um, but there you have it. Uh, until next time. Goodbye. Peace out. <laughs> You've never seen all the Rocky movies. You gotta you gotta get on that. I saw the first one, the second. I don't know some of them. Ooh, <laughs> ooh,